You're listening to The Deadly Dose, hosted by Harini Bot and Megan Gesner. This is a little bit different for us. As we've said in previous episodes we've released, we've been doing some re-records. But instead of a re-record on the episode That Sandwich is Poison, we're going to do a re-release because I ended up re-listening to the audio. And honestly, it sounds pretty good for our fifth episode. Mm -hmm. So what we wanted to do is just do a quick commentary. Um, I ended up re-listening to the whole thing, and it was actually such a treat (laughs) Um, because I was highly impressed. Like I, I'm always impressed with us. Of course, you know, of course, pat my shoulders, pat your shoulders, <laughs> all that. But, um, yeah, given that it was only our fifth episode and we recorded that back in 2020, um, yeah. just like the other re-records we're doing, I was like, damn, we our our audio doesn't sound terrible. I will say listeners in this re-release, you are going to hear some like fuzz on my end. And Harini, I think this is when you were still recording in maybe your dad's um, office or something. Yeah. So there's a slight echo, but I was like, overall, this is to me, it's a solid episode. And again, not to, not to toot my own horn too much, but I was like, damn, Megan, you went hard with that research. Like I I went into the history of stuff. I went into obviously toxicology, but man, I did a lot for that episode. And the thought of doing a re-record, I was like, I'm not going to do the same justice. Like, I don't have that energy. (laughs) So one thing I wanted to say, Harini, is if you go back and re-listen, which I totally encourage you to do, uh, obviously, maybe once this episode drops. Yeah. But um, at the beginning, when we're just shooting the shit, we're talking about like what we've been up to. Remember 2020, we're in lockdown, pretty confidently we're in lockdown. And we were talking about reading and you were, you were reading for pleasure at that time. Right. And I say something like, oh yeah, like me too. Like I'm on board. I'm like, I'm all about it. Listening to that. I'm like, who are you? Who is this Megan? Who is this fake Megan? Because I will tell you right now, Poison Pals, I only read one book <laughs> during hey, lockdown. That's good. Considering you're it, not a reader. Sure. Sure, exactly. But it just made me laugh because I think since that episode, I have maintained I am not a reader. And yeah. I literally start this episode with, oh, yeah, I'm so about it right now. Like, <laughs> I'm totally into reading. No, I'm like, who the hell are you? The other thing that um, is a critique towards myself is mm. there's something that happens when we're just shooting the shit yeah. versus like when I go into the story, <laughs> my voice um, two different people. <laughs> yes, it's two different people. My voice, I literally sound Dude, like same. a drunk aunt. Like I'm just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I I started getting, even in our outro as we're like doing our antidotes, yeah. there's moments where I'm like, why do I sound like I'm in ecstasy? Like I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so you, you guys have that to look forward to too, but yeah, it's like this weird, I go from this drunk auntie voice to like very academic. (laughs) Yes. I love it. The juxtaposition is phenomenal. I just remember that episode being so fun. Like we were just giggles McGee having a fantastic time, even though the topic was very dark. And I do remember Megan, you did go ham on that research. Like those honestly are early episodes, not saying that we don't still do an in-depth job, 
But mm-hmm. we went hard. We went super hard. We did. And I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I'm, I almost feel bad for our poison pals who have, are now joining us in our journey. Because yeah. I'm like, I definitely don't do <laughs> the same amount of work like I used to do. We're just more efficient, I think, with how we yeah, structure. I think so. We were starting to trunc- truncate stuff down. Yeah. Oh, and also in this episode, you started to say, okay, t- friends, time for you to pick your poison. Like, oh. come and sit down with us, bring your drink of choice or right. whatever. Because um, I don't remember hearing that in my Dor- the Dorothy Apuente one, when, yeah. um, the original version. So that was something that I was like, oh, like, did we lose that? That's true. We can bring it back. That was, I-, I was like, oh, that is something cute. Okay. And, th- and the last thing that I found funny in your antidote this is your first – this is the episode where you first mentioned Acorn TV. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> so, episode four. I start yes, early. Yeah. So this is this is a throwback, but those yeah. were all fun things. Little inside jokes. I'm like, this is where it started. It truly – Megan, I since you have been re-listening to them back, is this mm-hmm. when we start saying don't risk it for the biscuit? I think we did that earlier than this episode. Oh, we did. I think that was something we established – like even in the Dorothea Puente one, I heard oh, that. I mean, yeah, I haven't listened true. to any before <laughs> the Dorothea yeah, yeah. Puente one. But um, I think we were always saying, don't risk it for the insert biscuit. biscuit. Yeah. Love it. Love our consistency. So, so yeah, I this was a fun one to re-listen to. I hope those of you who are new and following us enjoy this episode. In terms of follow-up on the story, there is really nothing new that I know of. I even Google search, is there any, um, you know – more news about this particular crime, what happened in right. Germany, and nothing. So I was like, all right, I don't got to do more. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You are complete. Yeah. So yeah. So enjoy. This is our re-release of That Sandwich is Poison as mm-hmm. the Deadly Dose podcast. Yay. Enjoy, guys. We'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> I know we say this every week, but it truly has been another week. <laughs> That is just the theme of 2020. It is the theme of 2020. (laughs) But there's one thing that I had missed for a while that I wasn't doing before. Like Mm -hmm. all throughout school and just like, yeah, like even in school, I don't know if, I don't know, like in undergrad, Megan, if you did Mm -hmm. this too much, Mm -hmm. but definitely through all of grad school, I haven't read for pleasure in so long. Yes, yes, this. And I have been doing that, and it's so amazing. That's, it's so amazing to get oh, back into I'm that. So, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. You know, my whole life, as in, I'm not that I've lived very long, but in <laughs> my childhood, I would say mm-hmm. I actually was never a read-for-pleasure type of person. You know, some, some mm-hmm. people are just not big readers, and that was me. Yeah. And it really wasn't until quarantine that I'm really into into reading and reading for pleasure. And so I, and I've just been like, that's awesome. So stoked at the concept of like libraries having their like e-collections available and stuff like that. So I'm thank bless. Right. (laughs) Right. The Dewey decimal system has been brought to the 21st century. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Agreed. Anything to do with the Dewey Decimal System only reminds me of Arthur and that song. Remind me. <laughs> remind me what that is. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, my God. I, I should have been prepared for this. You know, like, um, oh, like the, the reading isn't hard if you have a library card. Uh, like that song. Uh, it's been, you know, I. <laughs> You're like, I you don't know, remember. <laughs> I know Arthur. And there's only s- small moments that I can remember. So yeah. Yeah. I'll have yeah. to look that up. 
<laughs> that was one thing that one night I was I was over at my brother's house and Swetha, my sister-in-law, we I was over at their place. And for some reason, we got on the topic of Arthur because my brother and I would always use the joke that he was Arthur because he's he, my brother is bald. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, that yeah. he's Arthur. And then yeah. I was DW because when I was little, I definitely had that haircut for sure. <laughs> Girl, I see it. I can definitely see that dynamic. <laughs> That, that seems so very fitting for you to describe you and your brother. That's and his glasses. That's hilarious. Oh my God. Yeah. So many similarities. <laughs> <laughs> I miss, I feel like the, the days of decent memes have passed. I feel like memes nowadays are just like Twitter yeah. screenshots, which is fine. Yeah. Like Twitter's hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, I'm like Arthur. I, I instantly think of like the meme with the hand and the, the fist clenched. Yeah, it's, it's classic. <laughs> There's some good DW memes, memes too. Oh, she is so sassy. Like, I didn't realize it at the time, but damn, she, she's got an attitude that I love. Absolutely. <laughs> but the, the book I was going to, like mm-hmm. I said, I hadn't read for a while. And then after kind of like didactics were over for my school portion, that was yeah. like the first thing I wanted to do. I was like, I'm going to buy a book for pleasure and I'm going to read the shit out of that book. <laughs> and so the first the first book I picked up was Where the Crawdads Dads Sing. Oh, okay. How was that? And so, yeah. And so I'm sure a lot of people have probably already read mm-hmm. it by now and I'm like last, last on the bus type of thing. But damn, that was such a great book for me to you know pick up again for pleasure Mm -hmm. because it just kind of reminded me like how much I love reading and like how nothing can compare to a well-written story that you just fully get immersed in and like want to finish in like two to three days so if anyone is interested I highly recommend that book so much that's awesome I'll have to I'll have to also pick up I'm slow like I said I was not a reader for fun so there's a lot of actual like classic what would be considered like classic yeah, novels yeah. that I've never read and I should just totally. start I should start my high school reading <laughs> journey all over again yeah that's so fun yeah. it's so fun to read the classics and before you start your story Megan yeah I have a correction of myself from last oh, week okay yeah go for it and because you were completely right and I was completely wrong you said just to re- refresh everyone's memories I did the story last week about the radium girls and the radium poisonings. Mm-hmm. And Megan was saying how there's a there's a movie on Hulu called Radioactive that's about Marie Curie and Pierre Curie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I think it's a TV series. It's not a TV series. It is a movie. Oh, okay. And I watched it last week. It was interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they did not talk about the radium girls, though. Um, yeah. But but it's it's still worth worth okay. the watch, I'd okay. say. Um, oh, Harini, yeah. that was such like a small little correction. Oh, okay. Who? No one would have thought of that. I just wanted to. <laughs> That's so funny. I just wanted to get. The, I was thinking about it all week. I was like, oh my oh. god, it was oh. a movie. <laughs> Out of all the things to correct you, but I appreciate I it. I appreciate it. I appreciate no it. problem. <laughs> but okay, so Megan, okay. it is mm-hmm. that time to pick your poison. And yeah. let me just say, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our friends listening, mm-hmm. if you want to pick your poison too, go ahead. Reach into your libations yeah. cart and grab your favorite mm-hmm. drink and come sit or with us. Or your hard drug. <laughs> or that. Drug cabinet. <laughs> or that too. Pick your favorite actual poison and come have a seat with us. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, Megan, take it away. Hi, friends. So before we get into the rest of the episode, you know the drill. Hit subscribe if you haven't already, and please leave us a rating and review if you like this episode or any of our episodes so we can continue giving you your weekly lethal dose of true crime and toxicology. All right, on to the rest of the episode. Yes. Okay. So I uh, 
I think it's funny. I love the conversation about reading and Arthur. And, you know, usually when we do our podcasts, our recordings, we have some sort of transition. But I'll say my story has nothing to do with anything we talked about at the beginning. In fact, it's a lot more um, pretty dreary and just totally unrelated. But okay, yeah. anyway, so um, hard left turn for us. We're into it. Yeah, yeah. So this is another pretty contemporary yes. story. Contemporary as in once again in 2018. Damn, this is something girl. that occurred. So I don't know if you recall the first podcaster story was, you know, the methanol poisons mm-hmm. in Malaysia in 2018. So maybe... There's a theme here with me. 2018 is like my lucky number for this podcast. But this event, technically, it got exposed in 2018, but it had been ongoing since 2000. Basically, there was a string, or you could even say like a serial poisoning happening Mm. in Germany. And it was happening in this town called Schloss Holt Steckenbrock. Yes, yes, yes. And it was... Something that was being done by one person. Uh So you could argue this person was like a serial poisoner. And he was utilizing hard metals, heavy metals, as his poison of choice. And in this particular string, he used lead acetate. So that's just kind of like the summary. Now we'll get get into it. Here we go. So on May 16th, 2018, which so happens to be my sister's birthday. So May 16th, my sister's birthday. stop poisoning people. (laughs) On May 16th of 2018, a man who we will just call Klaus O, because according to Germany's privacy laws, they can withhold perpetrator's name sort of thing. So so Klaus O, which I would assume is the equivalent of John Doe in the United States. Klaus O, a 56-year-old man who works at a metal fittings manufacturing company. So they like make valves and stuff. Uh-huh. He is arrested for poisoning his co-worker's Damn. sandwich. Oh. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love a good sandwich. I know. They're so <laughs> a good sandwich is so irresistible. Oh my god, yes. What happened was so so he gets arrested. And the reason why he's arrested or like even discovered that he has poisoned his coworker's sandwich mm-hmm. is because this particular coworker, who we do have their name, Simon Radke, okay, also works at this the company's called ARI Armaturin, metal fittings manufacturer. Mm-hmm. So Simon Radke had noticed kind of like this white powder on his sandwich. When he went to go have lunch, he opens his lunch bag and he's like, what is this white stuff? Yeah. Right. And there's it goes a little bit deeper. But this particular instance, he sees white stuff and then he talks to management is like, hey, can we look at the security footage of the break room? Get this, though. We're going to go a little Mm -hmm. bit back in time. Simon Radke, Mm -hmm. he had been noticing powder showing up on his sandwiches for lunch. Since 2015. Damn. Okay. So since 2015, every once in a while, he's unwrapping his lunch, you know, going to have his his sandwich. <laughs> he's a sandwich every single time. <laughs> I don't know if it's a sandwich every time. <laughs> every time. You know, but he observes that every once in a while, there'd be some sort of brown mm-hmm. brown powder or white powder yeah. on his food. And he always assumed maybe it was just dirt or something. And sometimes he'd throw it out. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Sometimes he'd throw it out or sometimes he would eat it. Okay. But the reason why come 2018, why he suddenly, you know, wanted to investigate it is Uh because he came into work one day, found powder on his sandwich and threw out that sandwich. Mm -hmm. And then literally the next day, the same thing happened. And he's like, this is too much of a coincidence. There wasn't powder here before. Now there is. Yeah. So he actually talked to management and was like, can you set up a security camera in the break room? I'm like, something is weird. Yeah. So lo and behold... 
final time, he unwraps a sandwich, sees this white powder, and he this time he holds on to like that evidence, holds on to the sandwich. Smart man. He goes to management and he yeah, and, you know, something about Germans. Like I, honestly, like I think they're just so thoughtful about right, these things. Right. They're like, okay, get make sure everything's clean and tight and like yeah. pretty and and so he, you know, he holds on to the sandwich, the evidence, and he goes to management and is like, Okay, look, this powder showed up again. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the security footage. What the hell is going on? Yeah. So they roll back the security footage. <laughs> And there you see, walking into the, the break room, Santa Claus. is Klaus <laughs> is Klaus O casually going through all his coworkers like lunch sacks. What? And you see him take out this little canister uh-huh. and he's pouring something on their lunch. He wraps it back up, puts it back in, walks away. Initially, as management is reviewing, they they were so like perplexed, like they were so yeah. like, what is happening? That they actually thought it was like some sort of innocent prank. They were like, yeah, oh, totally. Maybe it's just like a prank or whatever. But then it, yeah, just a quick ahead. question. Mm-hmm. So is he only doing this to this guy's or everyone's? Food? Oh, everyone's or fuck is it i i'm pretty sure it was like multiple people because okay. there's you'll find out more about how okay. you know how intense this ongoing poisoning was okay. essentially but but basically mm-hmm. this guy this one guy is the only one that's mm-hmm. noticing and taking action it seems like that's correct god yeah. simon right. radke is the first one to finally be like what <laughs> <laughs> what is this white powder on my food he's like i am not gonna eat any more dirt <laughs> sandwiches like my wife or husband or whoever who knows Sorry, not yeah. a stereotype, yeah, but yeah. whoever's making the sandwiches is making them with dirt. Like, what is that about? Yeah, what the so, hell's going on? So, yeah, so management sees Klaus O do this in the footage and is, like, very confused because right. how management would describe Klaus and even Seidman when, when you know, when they eventually get to the trial <laughs> oh, shit. Um, for okay. Klaus, they all agreed. They're, like, they were, they're only confused because Klaus O always kept to himself. He was a very, you know, efficient worker, and they just assumed he was like an introverted dude. He did his work, minded his his own business, never fought with anybody, but was never really social, sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah. they assume it's a prank, but then what happens is they end up actually taking the sand- sandwich and providing it to like investigative authority, so like you mm-hmm. know, police, detectives, whomever. Right. And upon investigation, they find that that powder on the sandwich is lead acetate. Damn. Yeah. And lead acetate is just, you know, a derivative of elemental lead. Mm-hmm. And how lead acetate is made is you take elemental lead and you, I think boil might be too, too <laughs> generic of a term, but you somehow combine it with hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. Oh, it is boiling. Yeah. So it's produced by boiling elemental lead in acetic mm-hmm. acid and hydrogen peroxide. Mm-hmm. So this is something that Damn. you could easily probably do at home with like a very basic chemistry Seems like setup. It. Yeah. So they discovered that. And when the authorities find okay, this was like a very intentional dosaging on his sandwich, it was, turned out to be 71,000 71, micrograms, which according to toxicology Damn. reports, that's actually not a lethal dose mm-hmm. at all. But it's what you find about lead acetate and its toxicity. Well, with any lead derivative, even the yeah. smallest, smallest, smallest amounts is harmful to the human body, no oh, matter shit. what. But it's yeah. not its not a lethal dose in a sense of you take it in that moment and you just die. Right, right. They find it's a very intentional micro dosage on his sandwich. So once they figure... That's even scarier. Right, right. So once... Once they recognize, okay, there's lead acetate on the sandwich, the investigative unit actually goes to Klaus O's home. And upon investigating his home, lo and behold, they find a basement lab or, you know, a makeshift 
makeshift yeah, lab. Yeah. In his lab, he has lead acetate, cadmium, and mercury. Wow. And these are all heavy yeah. metals that are poisons, yeah. right, yeah, um, at, at certain levels. Mm-hmm. What they also find in his lab are instructional manuals mm-hmm. on chemistry and things like that. So I think the two manuals that they found, this is the, these were the notes I was trying to, <laughs> trying to write down. <laughs> oh, yeah, no worries. One's called Reports of the German Chemical Society, which was published in 1913. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was Experimental Tuberculosis Research. Oh my God, Jesus. Yeah, University of Kyoto published in 1941. So even in terms of the publishing years, it's interesting these manuals are coming from times where both world wars were happening, right? 1913 was kind of the lead, lead up. Right to World War One, and then 1941. Right, for, yeah, ending yeah. With World War Two. World War One and World War Two. Speak of reading for pleasure, <laughs> Jesus. Maybe there was a transition. Maybe there was a connection there. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> so they find all this with that investigation and finding his lab and recognizing, okay, this was a very intentional attempt to poison. Mm-hmm. They then realize, okay, okay, and Harini and people who are listening, this is where my my mind was blown personally. <laughs> the investigators and the management of this metal manufacturing company were like, oh, you know, you know Mm -hmm. what? Since 2000, we have had 21 employees die (gasps) before retirement age. Maybe this Klaus O is connected to all their deaths. (laughs) Oh, my Lanta. (laughs) And and so to re-go back, I, I want you all to understand. Yeah, yeah. Since 2000, 21 employees have died. Klaus O was arrested in 2018. Which means this company Shit. is experiencing one employee death per year. Jesus. Which, that's why my mind is blown. Because I'm like, yeah. how was this not ever... Right. Even if they didn't know if Klaus O was, you know, responsible for these things. Mm-hmm. How is management not looking into their employees' health and well-being? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? One person died. Yeah, go ahead. I go also... Ahead. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I, it's kind of surprising to me that only... S- I mean, maybe mm-hmm. that we're aware of, but only Simon has really spoken up and yeah. noticed this yes. was happening. That, Like, how does that happen over like 18 years? I don't have the answer to that. I have theories. And for our listeners okay. who are listening to the story and have, you know, knowledge of particularly like the metal manufacturing industry and things like that, maybe, maybe your theories mm-hmm. might align with mine. But one yeah. thing about lead toxicity in particular is that the most common way mm-hmm. you get lead poisoning is actually through occupational, is through is through work. Yeah. And I got that information mm-hmm. from the Library of Medicine National Institutes of Health. According to this lead toxicity review published in 2015, yeah, the most common way to get lead poisoning is through your work or your mm-hmm. occupation. Right. And if you are an employee in a medical setting or a teacher setting, thinking really? about working with ceramics and paints oh, and things shit. like that. Yeah. If you are someone in the trade industry, plumbing, mm-hmm. working with pipes, mm-hmm. or get this, if you work at, a, of course, a metal manufacturing company, right? you're likely to have some exposure to lead poisoning. Yeah. So with your question, Hernia, like how did no one ever, ever like think about this? There might have been, and you know, this is just my theory. It could be like they all acknowledged, okay, we work at this plant yeah, or this valve, totally. valve producing company. And on some level, we're going to get some exposure to like heavy metal toxicity. Exactly. And maybe that's why management never really looked into it. But it's like these, yeah. these people who passed away, they died from cancers and heart attacks 
those were the two main causes. And all, again, all before retirement age. So it is still suspicious. And I'm like, regardless of, Mm -hmm. you know, that understanding that you might have some exposure to lead toxicity, it's still, it's still just very suspicious. Mm -hmm. So anyways. It's almost like the perfect crime in that sense, though. Like, no one's gonna. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, that's not, now with that little bit of information, that totally makes sense. Like, people, Mm -hmm. it's almost like a risk you take, which is horrible to even think about. Like, you should always, like, have good safety practices for your employees, case in point, radium girls. But. Yes, yes. It's, it. It's one of those things that comes with the job, like exactly what you're saying from this NIH study. But yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll I'll go more into details, but I will say right here, right now, when I first learned about the story and and Klaus O and him like poisoning people's sandwiches and stuff (laughs) on a very superficial level, I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And that's just kind of it. That's just where the story is. And then, you know, he gets found out and he goes to trial, blah, blah, blah. But the more I researched, I was like, this is actually relatively insidious Yeah. because what you said, it's the perfect cover. Mm-hmm. It's part of me does have a theory. Like, I think this Klaus O guy knew exactly oh, completely. what he was doing. The setup was too perfect. So here's some more information. Going back to that Simon Radke. Mm-hmm. So like I had said, Simon Radke actually had noticed these powders on his food since 2015. <laughs> In 2016, there was another co-worker named, and he's just going to be called Nick N, again, yeah. uh, German privacy laws, mm-hmm. so we only know him as Nick N. But this co-worker, in 2016, he started, Nick N started experiencing numbness of the extremities, so numbness Yikes. of the fingertips. Yeah. Kind of like faintness, anemic faintness. Uh. Nausea, vomiting, right, and then right. ultimately, when he finally went into went to the emergency room, he fell into a coma. Now, all those things are symptoms of some sort of metal poisoning. And when they did blood work on him, they found out he had Mm -hmm. mercurial poisoning. So he had mercury poisoning. And, you know, knowing what we know now, it Mm -hmm. is very suspect. It was most likely Klaus O dropping some mercury in some way into this Nick N's food. Yeah. That Nick N guy, so he goes into coma in 2016. He's in a coma for three plus years. Shit. And then in 2020, he passes away. Oh my gosh. But when he's in that coma, that's when Mm -hmm. Simon Radke started to get like this idea in his brain of like something's up. How did this young guy, because Nick N... He was only 23 years old at the time. Oh, my goodness. Right? So young. That's so horrible. And so, right? And Simon Radke, that's probably why his brain started working. And he's like, okay, so Nick N goes into coma. And then during the same time, another co-worker starts to experience kidney problems. Mm. And then Simon Radke also started experiencing kidney problems. (sighs) Yeah. And then he finds the powder on the sandwich in 2018, and then it all comes together. Damn. This guy needs to change careers into the detective industry. Like, come on. (laughs) I know. But what's really sad about Simon Radke's situation and the Mm -hmm. other other co-worker who's going through kidney failure they're both on dialysis oh, and it's permanent. You know what I mean? You cannot undo yeah, yeah. whatever, that, how long that poison ugh, was happening. So, that is horrible. So what that obviously implies or tells is that mm-hmm. Klaus O had been doing microdosing on his coworkers' food for a long, long, long time. Right. And irreversible once it's already like at that level where it's mm-hmm. damaging your renal system and things like that. Okay, so to continue on... So mm-hmm. Klaus O, in 2018, when he's arrested, he is, at that time, 56 years old. Klaus O has been working for that company, ARR Armaturin, the, the metal manufacturing company, for 38 years. 
which means that he has been working there since he's 19 years old. So Klaus O got some sort of internship Mm -hmm. when he was a teenager and just stayed on at the company. So the company has known him to be someone who is a very dedicated, kind of kept to himself person for so long. Wow. So that I like to put that information in there because it just adds another level of insidiousness. Of yeah, he right, like he rooted yeah. himself there. Yeah, kept to himself, but was a good worker, so he gained the trust of his employers completely. And on his own terms, yeah. started this kind of weird, sadistic experiment of how can I like poison my coworkers and just observe what happens, sort of thing. She says. Like his own experiment. Yes, exactly. And even, you know, after he's arrested in June of 2020, so this this year as we're recording. Dang, this is so recent. It's so relevant. Yeah. yeah. He's just finished trial, essentially. Wow. Okay. And during trial, they did say there is a psychiatrist in the courtroom yeah. that did yeah. kind of like observations and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's how the psychiatrist put it. They're like, you know, watching Klaus O, I honestly think it was kind of like some experiment for him. He would just... Who knows if he derived pleasure from it? Like, you can't yeah, you can't get yeah. that information. It was him just doing testing on his subjects. And that's how the psychiatrist put it. Dang. And during the trial, Klaus O did not speak once until the end <laughs> when he said, I agree with my attorney's statement sort of thing. That's all he said. He was just saying, I support what my attorney said in terms of defending me. And that's Damn. it. So he's very... Wow. Yeah, we don't have a motive. We don't have a history behind him, except for there was some hinting that Klaus O had some sort of traumas in his childhood that might yeah, warrant yeah. more research. But it's just think like a very, mm-hmm. I almost in picture like a very stoic individual who's silent and just yeah. minds his own business, but has complete control. Right. And it's, it's terrifying. Oh my God. That is so terrifying. Right. That is a great description yeah. though. Yeah. Wow. So I actually, while this story is pretty fresh, because again, the trial just happened in 20, like this year of 2020, part of me is like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see if there's some sort of actual true crime documentary or some special that comes out about the situation because it's almost like textbook. Yeah, completely. Sociopathicness that you would see in other true crime things. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, that is so bizarre. So you're saying that the trials are now over or like where is it at right now in the trials? I, I think it is over in a sense that he has been sentenced to life in prison, okay. which apparently in Germany is actually a really, really rare punishment mm-hmm. because the Germany, I don't what's the word? Like the judicial system? The jail yeah. system. Judicial system, yeah. The Germany judicial system is really, and in my opinion, I think this is a great thing, but they're really good about wanting to prevent recidivism. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. receding mm-hmm. back into old ways. So they make their prisons extremely comfortable. Interesting. And very accommodating to their prisoners. Wow. And it's very much based on this fair mindset of we're going to provide this space for you mm-hmm. so that you can unlearn this behavior that maybe went, went unchecked throughout your childhood or your developmental years. That's amazing, yeah. I would imagine this case is actually very big in Germany just because he Mm -hmm. got life in prison sentence, which is rare. And they they do consider him a attempted murder serial poisoner. I think the psychiatrist even did say during his trial, it's like, it would be a danger to let him back out just because he's so emotionless. Like, you you can't get anything from this person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Is he married? Like, what's his, do we know, like, his home situation? Yes. He is married and has two kids. Oh, my God. How do these people do it? I don't get it. Right? Like I said, I really hope if anyone with, what's the word? If anyone with influential power is listening to this... (laughs) 
put a tweet out there or something say we need like a deeper story on this individual because it is just so bizarre and fascinating and and i'm not trying to exploit the the deaths of yeah um, tons of innocent people but it's just so i don't know this klaus o guy is very very interesting to me no completely and also like i didn't hear about this like i i think what also what you're trying to say is this needs to have more attention brought to it you know like this is not a small thing that he killed so many people for so long and no one even freaking knew right you know it's crazy so just to make sure just to clear up some things Mm -hmm. so once he was discovered to have at least caused the you know simon radke nick and and that one other co-workers you know illnesses Mm -hmm. that's when they opened up this investigation on okay is he responsible for these 21 right other employee deaths and an investigative unit actually exhumed bodies bodies to test them and as far as they know right now Nine of those bodies did not test positive for like a metal poisoning. Hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe he's not guilty of all these all these murders, but they're still testing right. 12 other bodies. Or maybe I also wonder yeah. if that I mean, I don't have this information. I don't know if you do, Megan, but I don't know how long lead or metals mm-hmm. stay in the body. Like, is it forever? Does it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And actually I yeah. I don't know the answer. And I just had the same exact yeah. thought because I'm like, what if this Klaus Klaus O guy is like so so clean in his work, so thoughtful exactly. about his work that he intentionally mm-hmm. chose these metal poisons? Because he works at a metal manufacturing company. Right. And because he knows that their shelf life or half life or whatever the word is, Mm -hmm. is not long enough to be found in a body that's already underground. Yeah, completely. No, I definitely think that's possibility. If anyone already knows that knowledge and wants to email us about that, that's cool too. But yeah, I'll have to look into that and see how long lead would stay in the body. So that's pretty much the story about Klaus and his serial poisonings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about lead acetate. So even though, you know, there was mercury and cadmium discovered in his lab and mercury was the reason for mm-hmm. Nick N going into a coma, lead acetate is the main okay, poison yeah. that I wanted to talk about here just because that's what essentially led to Klaus O's mm-hmm. undoing. No pun intended. <laughs> so lead acetate, as I mentioned before, is elemental lead boiled with acetic mm-hmm. acid and hydrogen peroxide. There's other ways to make it, but I, that was the most basic way I could yeah. define that. It <laughs> right. is described as a white crystalline compound of lead mm-hmm. with a sweet taste. Oh, And what's interesting about that is lead acetate is actually a salt. And so that's why it's kind of ironic that it tastes sweet. A small amount, they I would say, probably has a more non-detectable flavor. But in a large amount, you could probably pick up the the sugary flavor. Okay. Now, lead acetate has a very interesting history because before people found out it was toxic, because of its sweet flavor, people used it as a sweetener alternative. Oh, yikes. Okay. Okay. And so, yeah. So when I looked up lead acetate and its historical impacts on society, Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. the same three famous historical moments or names are always dropped when in reference to lead acetate. And so Mm -hmm. historians actually believe that in some part, lead acetate was the cause for the fall of the Roman Empire, which was really interesting. Wow. Because I made you a story (laughs) on that. That's crazy. Because, um, (laughs) Because the Roman Empire would use lead acetate as a sweetener in wine. Shut up. And they were just micro-dosing, poisoning <laughs> oh themselves. God. Yeah, this is and fact. They, and then they go to war over it because they think it's the Yes, enemy. this is fact. <laughs> they were using it in their wines. 
And actually, the most common way it was ingested throughout history is through wine until we discovered, oh, fuck, this shit's like toxic. This shit is poison. Yeah. And so the other famous reference to lead acetate is actually the death of Beethoven. Mm. There's many, you know, many reasons why Beethoven died, I guess, mm-hmm. in a sense. Like he he had other symptoms that weren't necessarily connected to lead acetate. Yeah. But they did yeah. say, you know, Beethoven is German mm-hmm. and Germanic wine used to have lead acetate in it as a sweetener. That would make sense. That would make sense. Yes. Yeah. When his body was checked in the modern times, way after he died, mm-hmm. they did find some levels okay. of lead in his body. Wait, okay. so that, that, that actually answers, answers question. our question. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We're putting it together now. Sorry. Slow, slow yeah, on the we're, update. We're, we're figuring <laughs> yeah. it out. So I guess lead would be in the body for a long time. Interesting. Bringing that back to Klaus, oh, maybe he is actually innocent of those nine. Oh, that's curious. Okay, okay. And then the last name that's referenced with lead acetate poisoning is Pope Clement II also died. Mm -hmm. Modern researchers looked at his body chemistry after they exhumed him. They found lead in his body, and it is most likely because of wine as well. (laughs) And he died in 1047 Dang. so thousands of years ago wow and it's still in his body yeah. that's insane yeah and i mean i mean that testing of his body was probably done in the 50s or 60s but that's still significant but still it's still a significant amount of time that's yeah. super significant dang okay so right. that's a little history about lead acetate and it's that. actually yeah. used quite a bit and in in contemporary mm-hmm. or i would say modern times modern me- meaning what like the 1800s through the late 1900s sort of thing Lead mm-hmm. was obviously mm-hmm. also very prevalent in paints, so ceramics, glazes, yeah. dyes. Here's mm-hmm. here's a fun fact. In contemporary time, as in the 21st century, it is still used yeah. as the main component in hair dyes. It's at a very, uh, um, what they would call a progressive level. Mm-hmm. Obviously, dermatologically, okay. not toxic in the way that it would be toxic if you ingested it. And obviously on hair dye, hair dye boxes, they announce, Got like, it. hey, this does have some sort mm-hmm. of lead in it. But here's what's interesting about that. The U.S. Drug Food and Drug Administration, what is the... Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, FDA. Yeah, the FDA. Obviously, it's still legal to have it in dyes and stuff. And the FDA says, okay, it's not enough that dermatologically it could cause harm. Mm -hmm. But Canada's version of the FDA, Health Canada, (laughs) and the EU actually ban lead acetate being used in hair dye because it Uh-oh. they've done tests and they do see that there's some form of carcinogenic aspect to it. So, Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> so, no. But I mean, I don't think it's any secret that the US FDA is very lax <laughs> on certain things compared to the EU and Canada's yeah. health administrations. So... <laughs> Gotta chop my hair off now. Shit. Girl, yeah. I mean, it's Yikes. one of those things where when you read about it, it is scary. And on some level, yeah. I think, yes, we should be mindful about when we use products that might have lead lead in it. Yeah, definitely. But it's like I said at the beginning, lead is very prevalent all around us, environmentally, mm-hmm. in our pipes, mm-hmm. in this and that. You know, it's, it's prevalent in your occupational yeah. workspace. Mm-hmm. And it's like a matter of, we all have some exposure. Like, I'm talking into a microphone right now. Like, I don't know what this metal is made <laughs> out of. Like, my computer, my computer might have some aspect yeah. of, like, lead or whatever. And so... So I wouldn't be surprised if, honestly, thinking about it, I'm like, I'm sure there's a connection to why cancer is so prevalent throughout the whole world. And maybe Mm -hmm. that has to do with how prevalent lead is throughout the world. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Just like the advent of new 
technologies and metals and et cetera, et cetera, that we right. are using more often now that we haven't in the last like 50 to 80 years. Yeah, exactly. And so we all have some form of exposure at, on some level. So <laughs> it's a little right. bit. Right. That's yeah, the moral of the story. Moral of the story. It's just, it's just there. It's just in, in our lives. But anyway, yeah. so that's the history and what lead acetate is used in back in the day and mm-hmm. in contemporary times. Mm-hmm. Toxicity-wise, as I mentioned, lead acetate poisoning can cause anemia. And the mm-hmm. reason why that is, and I'll put it in a very basic way, lead interferes with an enzyme that's responsible for synthesizing mm-hmm. heme, H-E-M-E. But that is a mm-hmm. cofactor mm-hmm. found in hemoglobin. Yep. And so to summarize that even further, lead causes anemia because it essentially disrupts the synthesis of hemoglobin. Right. Yeah. And because of that anemia, that's why people start to feel faint, start to feel weak, not very energetic, becomes harder to be mobile, Mm -hmm. things like that. On a very extreme level, lead poisoning over long periods of time, just like what happened to Simon Radke and his other co-workers, you get some form of renal disease, issues with your cardiovascular system. Kidney failure, of course, is one of the things. Mm-hmm. And there is some, you know, neurological effects. Yeah. Uh, I read something about how specifically with mm-hmm. children, if they're exposed to lead poisoning mm-hmm. at a very earlier age, their cognitive development is stunted and mm-hmm. they tend to be actually mm-hmm. more aggressive. And what's the mm-hmm. word? Aggressive and just like angry, just yeah, yeah. abrasive, that sort of thing. So that's why, like, yeah, always restless. Right, right. And maybe that's why they stopped using like lead pencils. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and yeah, like lead paints and things like that. Yeah, lead paints. Yeah, all, yeah. all the above. Now, now we use graphite. <laughs> now we just put it in our hair dyes. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Put it closest to the brain as you yeah. can. <laughs> like, just speed it up. I don't think we're doing this right. <laughs> That is pretty much the story. Nice. But it was it was such a pleasure. Like, this story for me, honestly, was so, I guess, a pleasure. Again, a pleasure. I'm not trying to exploit people's deaths or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it made me learn mm-hmm. so much about how prevalent lead is in our society and how much we use it. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> for those, Harini knows this, but I, you know I'm a KKW, keeping up with the Kardashians, uh, you know, aficionado. <laughs> And yeah. reading this, I definitely got like a Courtney Kardashian triggered yes. moment of like, oh my God, like we got to undo everything. Oh my God, posh. <laughs> no, no, not posh. Yeah, Poosh, exactly. Poosh. So that yeah. is awesome. There's like a nice two sides to this. It's like there's on one side, there's this really intense true crime insidiousness of this serial poisoner who goes unchecked for 18 yeah. years, essentially. And then on the other side, it's mm-hmm. this learning about prevalence of lead. Right. You know, it's always interesting with these types of things. I always wonder, did the family know? Like, yeah, did they know that he was that's... doing this? Like, he must, they must have known. Only, the only reason I say that is because, like you said, he had the whole lab in his basement. Right. So. I'm sure his family knew he was doing that, but to the extent of what he was doing with that information and his how far his experience went, I'm sure it's, I, I would like to think they didn't know. <laughs> right, right. I'm in agreement there. I just, but also, you know, my biases are heavily influenced by all the other true crime things that I'm exposed to. And it just seems very typical of like sociopathy behavior to mm-hmm. have a whole hidden agenda in life Completely. and still have a 
family sort of thing. Right. I couldn't find anything that indicated if the family or children knew. Mm -hmm. I don't know how exposed his lab was to the family. I don't know if it was like totally in the open and like kids had access to it sort of thing or if like (laughs) it took the investigative authorities to discover it. And another just fun fact in this whole story is he literally ordered more of the metals. Oh my god. Like on his internet his internet history shows like he literally just ordered more of the metals that he's using to poison people with a couple days before Rad K had called management on the sandwiches. That's <laughs> so. management on the sandwiches. No, but that's so interesting to me because like what we were theorizing just earlier was that he's so clean, like he's so meticulous. Mm-hmm and kind Mm -hmm. of is good at cleaning up after himself that is not good at cleaning up after yourself just having like a full search history of lead this poison that you know agreed i mean i mean okay maybe i was being too generous with the saying search history i don't think it was like a matter of like everything's listed out here's my history but um, like his amazon wish list i know <laughs> yeah what's what's that one famous anarchist book that is always attached to bad incidences know. it's the famous it's like the anarchist chemistry yet. book or something how that's how people learn how to make pipe bombs oh, I have no idea so (laughs) that yeah I can't believe that 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 is insane Mm -hmm. to me but I'm glad you did the story because I don't think a lot of people know about it no I and it's so recent like I just that's part of what blows my mind so much is that it literally like a couple months ago this all happened I mean obviously over the course of so many years but it all kind of came to a head recently absolutely I am a sucker I mean Again, I don't know like how I came across this story. My mind has, for some reason, eliminated that memory in my head. But I do know (laughs) that I definitely have an affinity for Deutsch dramas and like, you know, Eastern European dramas. That shit is Mm -hmm. always so thought provoking. And it's just, in my opinion, done so much better than when the US tries to do a drama with like cops. Oh, like actual TV shows. TV shows. TV shows. Oh, yeah. Um, You know what I'm saying? Like, I agree. I'm thinking of, this is not Deutsch. But there's this one popular show, The Bridge. Oh, so good. It was redone by like the FX or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that one was as good as the original. It wasn't. Okay. It wasn't the same. Okay. Dang. The Bridge is just phenomenal. Right. I totally am with you yeah. on that. Any like even the British dramas, but mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. That's something I've also been getting into. And foreign yeah. dramas, like crime series and crime dramas. And there's something about it where I like watching them because I don't understand the language, obviously. So I have to sit down and pay attention. Mm-hmm. So it kind mm-hmm. of forces me to be mm-hmm. very present and in the moment. Otherwise, I'm such that kind of person who's prone to just you know, leaning towards my phone and just scrolling. Oh, yes, so this is yes, great because like I, yes. I'm invested in the story and it's always like a great right. telling of whatever is going on. And they show you and I like kind of touring the neighborhood where there's like a quaint yes. little village that they're living in yes. or like the Agreed. city. A hundred percent. Very 100%. well done. I, yeah. <laughs> I have nothing more to say to that because, like, I agree. I agree completely. I always enjoy my foreign, my IFC, <laughs> yeah. my IFC channel shows and movies. Yeah. I recently subscribed to Acorn TV. <laughs> like, I'm on that level. I gotta say, I don't even know what Acorn TV is, but I guess I gotta start looking into it. Dude, it is. You can. Uh what do you call it? Subscribe on Amazon. It's like British TV channel. Uh, okay, okay. It's called Acorn TV. And that's where they put all like their British dramas and uh, crime series I love on. It. I love it. Cause I was like, I can't keep searching put locker and like streaming <laughs> the stuff anymore. Yes. Like I'm tired of but, it for my just like self care. I, I want HD quality yes, British yes. TV. I feel you girl. Oh man. <laughs> you make me laugh. Put locker. Uh, my mind is going way back to when we, we would be in our college dorm together. Harina and I were called 
college dorm yeah. mates in the same freaking triple. In a triple. A bunk bed and a loft Jesus. bed. Three girls squeezed into one small ass room. Yeah. But Harini and I, we would, what would we, we would use freetv.com. Yes. Freetvvideo.com was fantastic yeah. throughout college. We're like, what a lifesaver. Yeah. Oh my God. Good times. Because in my head, I'm like, I know that shit was probably illegal. And now I'm saying it out loud that we use that yeah. heavily. So, oh man, if we get in trouble for that, we do. Not anymore, not anymore. I'm fully paying and subscribe to Netflix. Netflix now? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm a full-on adult. Right. I use my parents' Netflix account. <laughs> First of all, me and great story. Loved it. Glad you liked it. I love the history aspect. I love that you pulled that in because not a lot of people know that. Yeah. I definitely did not know that. I had no clue. Shall we discuss our antidote of the week? I can go first since you did your story today. Yes, please go for it. So I feel like I kind of already gave yeah. away my antidote of the week by reading for pleasure, but... I also have a TV show mm-hmm. that I have really been getting into. So I don't know if Megan, you know this about myself, but I love art history so, so much. Yes, yes. I knew that about you. Okay, okay. I wasn't <laughs> sure. I was like, this is a high school thing. But then anyways, yeah, I love art history. I took AP art history in high school, but I did have mm-hmm. the most amazing mm-hmm. teacher. But anyways, there's a show on PBS. PBS is just, it's our family channel <laughs> here at home in the Bot family. Oh, hell yeah, girl. PBS kids all the way. <laughs> PBS Kids and Masterpiece Mystery Goodness. Theater. Masterpiece Theater. The- Masterpiece Theater. So amazing. Yeah, growing up, my parents would always put on Antiques Roadshow. Oh my God. Yeah, girl. Oh yeah. Oh my God. We were, <laughs> it was such, it like kind of pulled in every single thing that I love, like history, art, like you name it, and money. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Side note real fast. I think my mom and your parents would be the best of friends just based on oh, TV completely. show interests. <laughs> completely. Completely. <laughs> I don't doubt that. So recently, my parents actually got me into this show. It's called Fake or Fortune. Have you heard of it? I think so. It's a show, think of art history and mystery put together. It's not necessarily like true crime, but it's like mystery. So for example, the person who is hosting the show, he is a former Antiques Roadshow person. He has his own art dealing shop in England. And so what he does is he gets in touch with people who think they may have a very priceless piece of art anytime, like Renaissance to like Warhol type of thing, right? They bring their family heirloom down. It's been like covered in a dustbin somewhere in their garage for like many a decade. And they're like, I don't know what this is, but it looks interesting. And some people are telling me like it might be (laughs) worth something. Can you have a look? And not to give too much away, but essentially what they do is they look through this painting, Mm -hmm. they go through the provenance, which is basically where is the start of this sale? Like who made the piece and who was it passed down in history? And let me tell you, the British are fantastic about recording mm-hmm. every freaking little detail about anything it is insane yes yes, yes. and one of them yes. just to pique everyone's interest one of them there's a painting and then they do x-ray like it's crazy mm-hmm. they do modern techniques and modern technology where they'll do x-ray all this stuff to basically figure out the types mm-hmm. of paints that are used like you were saying is there lead is it prussian blue like all these different things of the time and they'll match it up with forensic techniques we're looking at this painting and then they do the mm-hmm. x-ray and they find find another face behind the original painting. So there was like a painting behind the painting mm-hmm. and it, it's just like, mm-hmm. whoa, what's going on here? 
every episode they take on like this type of mystery and then they solve it at the end. It is so interesting. I went on way too freaking long about this one show, but that is my antidote of the week. (laughs) That's okay. That sounds dope. (laughs) It is. I love that you love that. That's a great antidote. And I love that that show is giving you life right now. I love that. On that note, the only thing I know about like what you're talking about is it's pretty common actually to find like art behind other pieces of art because people would reuse canvases. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't know that. And it's just like, oh, it's a hidden world. Yeah, completely. I I only know that because as I had referenced, my mom loves the Mm -hmm. same stuff Karini's (laughs) talking about and she's really into painting and all that stuff. So she's the one that tells me all these things. That's so cool. And and if you guys do want to watch it, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay, cool, cool. Thanks for the tip. (laughs) Amazon Prime, you better pay us some shmoney. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. (laughs) Sponsors, sponsors. Just kidding. That's awesome. So my antidote, uh, I'll, I'll say it. Yeah. To say me, it. it's like a weird antidote, but I'll say it. So I have a cat. Yeah. <laughs> and this cat, he like went missing for a day. I had seen yeah. him in the morning and then like yeah. the afternoon rolled around. And I was yeah. like, okay, he hasn't checked in. Something's a little bit off. So I go to work, right. all that. I come home. It's evening time now. He's still not home. And I, at this point, I'm yeah. uh, emotionally just preparing for the worst. And because for context... I did have two cats during this quarantine. They are brothers. One of the brothers had already passed. He was actually hit Mm -hmm. by a car during quarantine. So I kind of went through the same thing with him of this feeling of, okay, that brother didn't come home. Where is he? Blah, blah, blah. Find out he's hit by a car. And so when the surviving child, (laughs) surviving cat, (laughs) went missing, you know, I'm getting these triggered emotions of, oh, fuck. Okay, my other cat is gone now, too. What the fuck is 2020? Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, he doesn't come home in the evening and I just, you know, I'm devastated. I prepare for the worst. There is a moment where I'm literally breaking down mm-hmm. in my pillow, like mm-hmm. s- just wailing, sobbing yeah. into my pillow. Yeah. And through the door as I'm wailing, <sighs> I hear my roommate go, Megan, oh, he's here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh my gosh. I go outside and there he is <sighs> in my roommate's arms. Oh. What happened was this cat, whose name is Lieutenant. I should have started with that. This cat's name is Lieutenant. I love that so much. Lieutenant, who is an indoor-outdoor cat, he somehow snuck into our neighboring unit's apartment. (laughs) They left their door open. And at some point during the day, you know, they closed their door. I guess he had gotten into a closet in their house. Oh, no. And the whole day, he doesn't make one sound in their closet. He's literally in their house from probably 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. at night, just chilling in their fucking closet. And the only reason he was discovered is because our neighbor, she had opened the closet and sees (laughs) this this movement of fur. And she's panicking. She's like, oh, fuck. She's like, because she owns dogs. So she's like, okay, hold the dogs, hold the dogs. And then as she's looking deeper into the closet... Oh, pop out LT. <laughs> LT just pops out. And then he runs out of the, <laughs> the house. Oh, my God. And so that's ultimately when we uh, reconnect. I'm like sobbing. And that's when my roommate Emily goes, he's right here. And oh, my goodness. That's my antidote. But basically, it's a funny story because my cat yeah. is just a <laughs> rascal. I joke with for the people who know me and how I talk about this cat. I call him my smooth brain boy because he's pretty dopey. <laughs> Yay for pets. Yay for pets, man. Yay for pets and art mystery detective shows. Yes to all (laughs) the above. That is it, guys. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. That's it for the show. Thanks for listening to another Mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. Until next time. Don't risk it for the lead biscuit. Yeah, yeah. Peace out, y'all. Bye. Bye.